Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. My name is Steve Moylan, and today I've got another artist from the 2015 Adelaide Fringe. And I am joined by the Gravity Dolls, Tim and Tara, who are presenting a circus and physical theatre show at the 2015 Adelaide Fringe. It's called My Life in Boxes, and they're on the line now. How are you? Good, very good. Surprisingly cold in Melbourne. (laughs) Yes. I know. We're having a weird kind of... I think it's raining over there today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been raining all day so far. We've had like the mildest January in forever. So mm. uh, I don't know whether that's going to last. I've got a funny feeling the hot weather's going to follow the fringes because it's really, really hot over in Perth at the moment. Um, right. So hopefully it doesn't get too hot for the Adelaide Fringe. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not because we, we would be sweating quite a lot with our show. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, very, very physical. There's just the two of us, so we don't get any time off. No, you certainly wouldn't be able to sort of take a break for five minutes during the middle of the show. No, no, can't do that. My Life in Boxes, I think it's the second show that you guys have done together, is that correct? It's the first one that we've made, but it'll be the second run of it. Uh, we performed it at the substation in uh, Melbourne Fringe last year. And how did that go? Yeah, it went uh, really well. We ended up winning uh, the original New Circus Award. Um, that Circus sponsors. That's great. And how did you guys, because you both come from different disciplines, Tara, you're an actress, and Tim, you come from Circus. Um, yeah. How did you guys get together and create the Gravity Dolls? I used to work at NICA, where Tim studied. Yeah. Uh, just doing admin. So I moved down from Queensland and needed a job and ended up getting one at NICA. And we got to know each other through that, and I've mm. seen... Tim perform in student productions and then he came along to watch one of the plays that I was doing outside of work and I was telling him about this script that I started writing in my third year of uni which was like nearly seven years ago now <laughs> and yeah Tim got really excited and he said look you know I think that we we should make this and then a couple of months later I left NICA and we decided that we'd start making the show and um, it got to a point where Tim was sort of investigating other things and had sort of one foot in, one foot out. And I said, look, that's great, but you're either in or you're out. And so then he said, all right, I'm in. We better make a company. And that's how it kind of happened. Fantastic. And I think I was reading a bit up on your uh, website about uh, the creation of this work, My Life in Boxes, and it's involved a lot of training for both of you in the other's disciplines. So how have you found that? Um, I found it it was quite challenging at first. Um, Being a physical performer, you're not quite used to talking or making a lot of noise. Um, And that was quite a big hurdle for me to get over. Um, Just going through the whole process of warming up your voice was quite confronting, I found. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you've got to really sort of relax and sort of tap into a much deeper, um, kind of like, you know, quite vulnerable uh, placing yourself to then be able to work with text and it, it took quite a while for me to actually get over that and it still uh, is something that, that does make me a bit nervous from time to time. Um, I remember our first session, um, we started by just getting him to select a monologue and which is something that we use in acting all the time and he picked one that he thought, yep, okay, I can work with this and so we did the first session I said, okay, just read it and so Tim starts reading it, but in his head. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 like, out loud. And he's like, oh, oh, just, just like, just read. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, so just read it out, like, just out, out loud. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, we'll do that, yeah. Um, like, now? <laughs> 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 and 
<laughs> and it took quite a bit to goad him into, yeah, just just reading or sort of being comfortable making noise. But um, yeah, we progressed from that. <laughs> and um, and while while we were bruising my ego with all of that stuff, yeah, we're, um, <laughs> we're bruising, bruising Tara's legs with rope work and. Um, getting up on on trapeze and doing handstands and getting all that kind of stuff underway. Um, she was quite a good tumbler because she did a lot of competitive gymnastics when she was younger. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of crossover, like a, a lot of muscle memory still there, which was good. But it was just sort of learning new disciplines and you know getting back into shape and. Um, that was the thing that we should underline: getting back, <laughs> getting fit. <laughs> so I guess, I guess, Tara, you had a lot of skills from gymnastics, and I think there's a certain physical element to acting that you can pull out for circus work. Tim, what have what have you found from circus work that you can take into acting? Um. Oh, that's quite a tricky one. Um, what did you find that you were like... really good at? that you may not have expected? Um, well, something that, that I found helped from doing acting work, um, it helped loosen me up a lot for for circus. Um, there's sort of, I can't quite think of anything off the top of my head just now um, of what has translated from circus to acting. Mm. But I think your impulse is like, there's a um, quite a bit of sort of instinct or reactionary awareness that happens in circus because you don't have a lot of time to process things. So you're sort of relying on your instincts and, um, you know, having quick reactions to be able to do the sort of things that you do. Yeah. So quite often when we were doing that Skillshare, I found that I'd have to sort of um, draw metaphors from physical work that Tim was doing and saying it's like this, you know, you don't have time to think about it. You need to just sort of be on the pulse and have it happen. You can't kind of think about it because if you do then too much time has passed and you've missed the moment because mm. mm. you we... just fall on your face in a different way yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and i guess I, I guess a big sort of thing was um uh, yeah learning that if you did stuff up something that you weren't going to land on your head um that was quite nice to sort of slowly realize um yeah, that, that if you made a mistake, then that's not the end of the world because you didn't hurt yourself, you didn't drop somebody or, you know, you didn't smack into them or, or anything like that. It was just that you mucked up a line and it wasn't the end of the world. You didn't have to go to hospital or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it was quite nice and reassuring to sort of realise that, that, oh, okay, you know, if you do stuff up something, just keep on going and it's, mm. it's fine. Like, you know, correct it as best you can, but don't dwell on it too much. So in a sense, kind of when you're when you're acting, the pressure is all in the mind rather than like the pressure and danger is something that's all in your head rather than being something physical where you could cause yourself or someone else you're working with actual injury when you're doing circus. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to the show. Uh, when you when you wrote it, I'm imagining you wrote this one, Tara. Yes. So when yes, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I uh, only just graduated from year twelve, so that was that was a plus. But no, I'm definitely not a writer. That's all Tara. <laughs> cool. so, so when you were writing this, Tara, do you have the circus element embedded in the script, or was it just through working at Nike and being around Tim that you were you decided that this needs to have a circus element to it? Uh, I when I so 
first started writing it, it was sort of pushed upon me because we had to write a one-person show in our third-year assessment. Mm-hmm. And I that's sort of where I got the idea from and what started the scripting process. But then uh, I had seen a little bit of circus around that time and having come from gymnastics as well, I was already quite interested in physical theatre and thought, mm, I'm sure that there's another dimension to this that would make it quite unique. So mm. I just being that. And so then I shelved it because I thought, there's no way I can do all of that by myself. Once I left uni, I started training with Volcana in Brisbane, so circus up there. And yeah, that's when I sort of thought, yeah, this could work really well. There's a, the physicality could work to kind of enhance the script in a different way, like add another layer there or sort of use it as a metaphor for things that the characters are experiencing. But I didn't know who I could make that (laughs) It was sort of like, oh, yeah, sure, that's one thing to say. Oh, yeah, we'll just train up a circus performer and they'll be fine and and I'll learn this and they'll be fine and we'll just get a director that, you know, can understand both of those things at the same time as well. So it was almost like I thought this would be great if everybody could pull it off, but Mm. I had no idea who had the skills or the interest in doing that. Um, so it was something that I'd sort of shelved until I met Tim and thought, hang on, this could be a really great fit. Yeah, and did you find a director or have you kind of self-directed it between the two of you? No, definitely not. We have a director. <laughs> we, we got uh, more Davy on board. Oh, that's um, right, yes. Of... How could I forget yeah. that? <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so she's been around circus a lot. Um and and around cabaret and all that kind of stuff. So she's and worked at Vital Statistics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was the artistic director there in Adelaide for about five years, I think. Yeah, living uh, legend she is. Yeah, yeah. So so we're fortunate enough to to have her as our director. Um, and we're just about to go into rehearsals again, um, starting tomorrow with her, which is good to to remount the show, and it's all very exciting. And you get that opportunity with the remount to kind of re-experiencing it, re-experience it, and go deep, go a bit deeper, and I guess take as well take in the way audiences reacted in Melbourne and go, okay, this is what an audience actually feels during the show, and how can we take it further? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been making some small adjustments, um, sort of here and there throughout the show, just to make it a bit tighter and run a bit smoother. Um, yeah, just kind of make. Hopefully, we'll. we'll uh, result in a bigger impact. Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. it will. Now, the show itself, My Life in Boxes, we probably should talk about that instead of just talking about process all the time. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's um, relating to a pathological hoarder. Um, yeah. So I'm imagining a set that's going to be quite full of props. Wow. That's the interesting part. It's um, It sort of is and sort of isn't. We've got uh, quite a malleable set. It, almost if you imagine life-size origami kind of Lego-looking boxes. Yeah. And they all slot together, so we can make different configurations out of them but also pull them apart to be individual units. Uh, And so essentially we create the landscape with these uh, cardboard boxes and they're more of a metaphorical symbolic of the hoard itself. So they create the mass in the space but we use them in a functional way rather than having... um, just a whole bunch of junk. Gluttony have a heart attack when we rock up with a shipping container full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes it slightly yeah. easier to tour over to Adelaide as well. Yeah. Yeah, so all we need to do is just pull all the boxes apart um, and then fit it all into a car and drive over and 
it'll all be good. And do they also are they also going to act as uh, a physical kind of safety net for you guys in case anything anything falls or you know the worst happens that way? Um, not not really. Um, yeah, we're on our own. Yeah, we're on our own <laughs> in that regard, which is fine. We we're used to that. Um, yeah, but but what we do is when we take the boxes apart, each individual one be- can become a seat for someone. So they, they become seats as we move them around and, and pick them up and you know escort them to a different part of the, the venue uh, to see a different scene from a different angle. So there's a little bit of moving of the audience around during the show as well. It's not just going to be a sit down and yes. watch a show. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. That's cool. And uh, so the, the show is kind of an, an, a lovely narrative about, about a, a specific hoarder or a, a more a kind of talk on or a, a more of an investigation into the psychological hoarding kind of person. Is that sensible uh, as a question? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, I think that it is a specific story, but it also speaks on the sort of, you know, like more general themes to do with letting go and holding on or letting go versus holding on. So um, the, how it started or why I got kind of a little bit obsessed with this idea is I was thinking about the sort of things that we refuse to let go of, mm. whether that be an idea or, um, you know, goals for your life or things like that. There's things that we all face that, you know, ruffle the plan and sometimes when things don't go to plan, you have to choose, like, do you keep pressing on and do you keep marching on in that direction or do you give it up, you know? Mm. And also the idea that giving up and letting go aren't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And what kind of reactions did you have when you did this in Melbourne last year? Um, Well, people were quite blown away, um, really, by by the show. Um, A lot of people were crying at the end of the show, um, which was, uh, they were moved that much, which was um, quite amazing to see that... um, and then there was a lot of other people that were just speechless. That they, they were kept on saying, you know, we, we haven't seen anything like this. This is just incredible. You know, we, we don't. This is going to take a while to process and all this kind of stuff. So the, the feedback from our audience was really quite remarkable um, and really, really encouraging for our first work as well. Um, you know, having never made a show ourselves before, like it's always been with other people. You know, being the driving driving force behind it and we were just sort of, you know, doing our part and not having to worry too much about the rest of it, um, to then all of a sudden producing it and being the key creatives was quite uh, quite a big step. And to, to hear just how well um, it was received was, was quite... Uh, quite amazing, really, and really, really awesome when you when you put yourselves on the line so much to get a good response. Like you're both going out of your comfort zones, throwing into brand new work you never sort of done before, this sort of style before. Mm. It's quite good. It's quite amazing. Quite fantastic to be able to get a good response at the end of it. Really, really rewarding, I'd imagine. Yeah, and by um, people that had no obligation to, so people apart from our mums liked it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and, and because there isn't any um, backstage area, there's no sort of offstage. We are, um, it's just the the room, and everything happens in that room. We never, you know, sort of leave the side of the audience. Um, so when we finish, it's not like we just sort of pop behind a screen and go, "Thanks very much for coming. Goodbye." Yeah. Um, yeah. So we would, you know, finish the show and we'd be standing there in the room, and and everybody just would standing there looking at us like all the applause is sort of finished and then it's just us kind of going yep 
thank you, thank you. Um, don't really know what to say now. <laughs> you know, we have our little, you know, thank you for coming, Spiel, and and you know, thank everybody, and um, you know, so, uh, hope hope that they enjoyed it and all that kind of stuff. And then um, yeah, people would just sort of be hanging around, which is which is quite a good sign that they just you know, didn't want to flee to the exits as soon as you know the the right sort of time came. And yeah, they're just like want to come up and talk to us about it and, you know, ask questions and, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, they they really seem to have, like, been left with something quite uh, unique to them. Like, everybody sort of seemed to experience the show in different ways. Um, And a lot of people came up to us afterwards and and would be saying that, you know, they they knew hoarders, like, you know, friends of, like, relatives of friends or their own relatives, you know, orders themselves and you know all the sort of hardships that they go through with that person um really spoke to them um on you know levels that other people didn't relate to but then then they related to other parts of the story and yeah it was was quite um quite amazing to see how many different interpretations of this the one show people could have yeah depending on what their life story is yeah cool all right, well, Tim and Tara, I hope you have a fantastic season in Adelaide, directed by Maud Davey, My Life in Boxes, presented by the Gravity Dolls, is going to be on at Gluttony's Lotus Palace uh, from the 24th of February through to the 8th of March. Uh, tickets on sale through Fringe. Ticks and more details at adelaidefringe.com.au and linkadelaide.com.au. Uh, Tim and Tara, thank you very much for your time this afternoon and uh, have a great season. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you in Adelaide, maybe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For more, visit linkadelaide.com.au. Check us out at facebook.com forward slash linkadelaide or tweet us at linkadelaide.